Hello and welcome to Violin Class. This is the podcast for anyone who is learning the violin as an adult. My name is Julia and I'm a violinist and violin teacher and I'm here to share some of my tips and experience to hopefully make learning the violin a little bit easier. So this week's episode is part two to last week. So if you haven't listened to that one, you should probably start there and then come back uh, to listen to this one next. So I'm talking about how to get back into playing if it's been a little bit of time since you last were practicing. So whether you uh, have just taken a month off on holiday or maybe it's been a couple of years, you know, life got in the way, or maybe you uh, have taken longer time off than that, like a decade or, or longer if you kind of used to play as a teenager and are now just getting back into it. So in the last episode, I covered more general tips and things to know when you're jumping back into things. Uh, so again, if you haven't heard that one, you should definitely check it out first. This episode, however, will cover more of my personal practice plan for getting back into shape really efficiently. Since this is what I do personally, again, the examples will be more geared towards intermediate advanced players with a bit more experience, but I think you can definitely modify some of the exercises and scales to whatever level you're at. Uh, this process will be the same for every level. You just kind of switch out the actual ex exercises and any of those exercises that I mentioned, I will link in the show notes if they have music or anything associated with it. So here we go, my personal practice plan for getting back into shape after time away. As I mentioned in the last episode, I take some extended time off pretty much every year, which is not typical of uh, professional violinists. So when I get back into it, I'm usually quite out of shape and I have to get back into shape very quickly uh, because of teaching or any playing engagements or just because <laughs> it's what I need to do. Um, so over the years, I've figured out a way to get back into shape that works really well for me and this is what I do. The timeline that I'm sharing is probably about anywhere between two to four weeks long to make me feel like I'm really in shape again, but that's really will depend on how long I took off. If it's like a month off, it'll probably be less than that. Maybe it's a week or two, and if it's longer than a month, it'll be, again, maybe closer to four weeks, and it can take even longer than that. So the first thing I try to establish when I'm trying to get back into shape is the habit of practicing every day. In the past, I've tried to set aside an hour or even just a half hour a day planning to kind of build up from there, but it just does not work for me. I found that I really need to start very, very small at five to 10 minutes a day for maybe the first week. I'll take several weeks to work back up to an hour or so, and then I'll stay there for quite a while. Um, but then, uh, and before I, I have to kind of move on, depending on how much stuff I have to be working on. Um, but uh, that said, I try not to count minutes that much. I used to set a timer and kind of watch the clock. But now uh, if I set a timer, it's actually as a reminder to stop, not to fulfill a certain amount of time. Uh, in the next episode, I'm actually going to be talking all about how to establish a habit of daily practice. Uh, if you want to hear more about that, check back in next week. But um, for this week, I'll just keep on going with uh, some exercises. So the next thing I usually do are just some simple warm-ups and technique exercises for each of my hands. For the, for, for the left hand, I'll start with some exercises from Shradiak or the Sefcheck books uh, with the metronome somewhere between 50 and 60, kind of depending on my mood. I'll really be focusing on keeping the hands relaxed 
moving the fingers independently from the bass knuckles and just kind of getting connected with the violin and the bow again. So again, all of those will be linked in the show notes if you want to check them out. After my injury where I took a full year away from playing, Sefcheck was actually a little bit too much for me. My hands were really stiff, they were slow, and I had lost a lot of muscle in my arm from just lack of use. On top of that, I also had to relearn how to play with a whole new setup and technique that would keep me from getting injured again. Um, So I actually ended up having to start with just one finger going from A to B on the A string for like three minutes a day. And I did that for like three days and then I added in my second finger, went from A to B to C and so on. And that's really all I could do for a while. And it was super frustrating uh, because I was really motivated to do more. But I kept at it, and after a few weeks, I could play for quite a bit longer. Later, I'll start to increase the tempo and add some vibrato and some shifting exercises. But again, if it's been a while, that might take a couple of weeks or even a couple of months if um, you've been away for longer than a year. For the shifting exercises, I like to read through etudes from the Yost uh, shifting books or some Sevchek. I'll set a timer for each exercise and I'll rotate these exercises on a weekly basis. I'll play these really slowly, sometimes with metronomes and sometimes without a metronome. So now for the right hand, I will first start with some really, really slow, long tones on open strings, and I'll try to focus on getting a ringing sound and on my hand shapes, making sure that I've got the curved fingers on the down bow and the straight fingers on the way up. I don't really worry about my turnaround for the beginning. Um, I'll put some rest in between each of the notes at first so that I really just stay focused on the hand shape and feeling relaxed and feeling connected in the sound. Then I'll move on to turnaround and some Cole strokes. The Sevchek Opus 3, the 40 Variations one, has some great etudes for this. I believe it's the very first one um, that's on open strings. I'll put a metronome on and I'll pretty much just read through that uh, a different variation every day or maybe a couple each day, depending on what I'm feeling. Later on, I'll add some different strokes. The big one is Martele, um, some Detaché as well. Those really help with uh, tone quality and just feeling controlled um, in your in your bow sound. So either on a scale or an etude that I know really well, like Kreutzer II, um, and know if you're not uh, an advanced player and you don't play Kreutzer yet, I would say Wolfheart number one would work perfect for this as well. Um, I'll start with some slow full bows and then I'll rotate half bows in the upper, the middle half, and the lower half, and then some full fast bows kind of as the day goes by. So this seems already like I'm doing a lot of exercises, but remember I only do each one for a very short amount of time between one and five minutes. I will set a timer and when it rings, I just move right on to the next one. It doesn't matter that I finish the exercise. The only thing that's important is that I'm doing them all um, in a short amount of time. So again, I don't get too caught up in the numbers. If I set a timer, it's actually as a reminder to stop and not as a reminder to, to fill up the entire time. After a few days or a few weeks, depending on how out of shape I am, I'm going to start to add in some scales, starting with some one octave, two octave scales, no three octave yet, um, because I don't want to worry too much about shifting or the high register. I'll add all the arpeggios and do a few high positions before going into those three octave scales a little bit later down the road. 
As soon as you feel up to it physically, then try to learn a short, easy piece or an etude. Again, I mentioned this in the last episode, but I think it's worth repeated. Do not just try to go play the last piece you learned before you stopped, because you probably won't be able to play it as you did before. And um, that will be frustrating. And also it can kind of um, encourage some stiffness and tension in your playing. I like to learn a new intermediate etude and try to get it sounding as polished as I can in a week or so. So I think the Mazas etudes would be good for this as long as they're not too high. Again, otherwise Wolfheart is perfect. Um, Just something that doesn't feel too difficult, doesn't have too much shifting. Um, Some of the older Suzuki books are perfect for this, Suzuki 1, 2, um, or 3, depending on where you're at. And then as those, uh, I like the Mazas etudes because they're kind of like little pieces in itself and they progress melodically. They're really kind of interesting and nice to play. So learning a short piece or etude like this will get you back into the mindset of learning music again. And it will also give you the confidence and the stamina to tackle something bigger. Then, and only then, will I play some old piece that I know well that's a little bit more difficult, but then I'll go really slowly through it. So for me, this is usually a movement of some solo Bach, um, but an old Suzuki or student piece that you played uh, for like a performance or something when you were younger or even, you know, a year ago uh, would work really well. I try to remember what my teacher used to tell me when I was learning it at the time, and I actually really love going back in the music and kind of reading the practice notes that I uh, wrote for myself. I've got a book of solo Bach that I had um, throughout my teenage years, so it's kind of funny to see what my handwriting looked like and, you know, just the notes that I was thinking about. I also kind of cringe at myself and thank my poor teachers silently who had to deal with me through those years, but... um, it's always a trip down memory lane. So that's kind of the trajectory that I do. Again, I do this, I do like a version of this pretty much every year. Um, kind of when the semester school semesters start up again. Uh, but I've had to do this very, very slowly. This is all the stuff that I've figured works the best for me from experience. But if you're working with a teacher, which I would highly suggest that you do if you're getting back into things, you should definitely follow whatever they set for you. Um, This might just be interesting to hear what someone else does. Um, Yeah, violin is a hard instrument and it takes a lot of work and time. And that might actually be part of the reason that you stopped when you were younger. But I found from experience and also working with a lot of um, really wonderful adult students that come back into playing after some time off that it's extremely rewarding and it actually doesn't end up taking that long uh, to get all of the skills that you had and even, you know, surpass them. Oftentimes a much healthier mindset and approach to practicing. So if you fall into this situation and you're already getting frustrated with where your level is at, just stick with it. You're going to get there. Um, Just go slowly, work with a teacher if you can. And yeah, and let me know if you found any of these tips helpful. So that's it for part two of how to get back into playing if it's been a while. Thank you for listening. If you uh, yeah, want to keep up with the show or write in, uh, we do have an Instagram now. It is at Violin Class Pod. You can check that out for some weekly updates on when new episodes are coming out. 
And a quick favor to ask if you're enjoying this show and if you want to show your support, I would highly appreciate if you could subscribe to the show and leave a rating and review. This kind of gives a little bit of a boost in the Apple algorithm from what I've gathered online and it helps the uh, helps other people find the show a little bit more easily. So again, thank you for listening and I will catch up with you guys next Tuesday for a new episode of Violin Class. <laughs>